Hello and welcome to the Tea in Tokyo podcast. This is week four. My name is Somya. And I am Ellie. So that's right, it's been one whole month since we got here. But the chilled out days of being tourists are officially over. We had our first week of training at our new jobs, so you'll hear more about that right now. Tuesday we had to catch a couple of trains into um, Shinjuku. Yeah, that's right, Shinjuku. So um, obviously we're veterans of taking the train now here in Tokyo, and we thought we knew everything about it. We thought that the stories of the trains being super busy and people kind of being pushed against the walls and and you know the the, the conductors having to push people into the trains mm. was an over exaggeration. Turns out it isn't. Yeah. So when we've caught a busy train before this week, it's been at the end of the day. It's been pretty busy, but like you know we've been able to function. Um, this week we arrived at the train station on the Tuesday morning to go to our training. We left early, luckily. You couldn't even swipe in the gate. There were so many people. Yeah, like you literally could not get into the train station. Mm. We didn't even know what, you know, whether our train was there or not or what was happening on the platform because we couldn't even see it. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. I've never experienced anything like that before. There was so many people. So our train station is a Morty station. There's two platforms it has. The one train goes to it in both directions. So it's not a busy one. But my goodness... It yeah, I, I think it was the fact that it's a small train station that made it that busy. Yeah. There are so many trains coming in because the trains, they come every two minutes. So when you miss one train in the mornings during the weekdays, uh, you can already see the next train coming. Yeah. So there are so many people coming off on the platform that we didn't have any room to like get on the platform. It was crazy. We were waiting there for like 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, one thing we noticed actually that we've that we heard about before was that they give out like late passes yeah. um, because the trains are so rarely late that well, it's not, a not necessarily rare i think it's um kind of like semi-common but it's one of those things where they know that people rely on the trains being on time so they give you a train delay certificate which is like a chai in shomei yeah that's right that's what it's called they just hand it out so you don't have to like you don't have to go somewhere specific to find one mm. of these. They literally just hand it out uh, where you swipe your card. Mm. We didn't grab one because we thought, oh, well, we can grab one uh, at like Sinjuku, the train station that we get off at for work. Mm. But, of course, it turns out that doesn't make any sense because when you arrive in Shinjuku, you're not late at that point, you know? Yeah, so it was Amori Station was the one that was busy. Yeah. Um, so when we got off, we transferred at Shinagawa. When we got off at Shinagawa, Shinagawa wasn't busy, so they didn't have the delay certificates getting handed out. Yeah, because it's not so. the the trains weren't like delayed or anything. It was just that the platform itself was so busy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was crazy. And yeah, as um, advice, make yeah. sure if you need the delay certificate, get it as soon as you see them handing it out. Don't wait for a later platform because the platform you get off at might not be busy. Yeah, for sure. It's really crazy when it's busy because I feel like. Human beings, 
work like a liquid in a train mm. like you don't think you could fit in any more people and then like you just squeeze yourself in mm. and people just find like little gaps yeah it's pretty crazy yeah we were like squished amongst so many people like we physically couldn't move at all yeah like, you were yeah. like stuck with your arms by <laughs> your side and like you'd have like multiple people like pushing in on either side everyone would just like politely stare into the distance or like maybe like squeeze their arms up somehow and stare at their phone yeah it's the only time you don't have to worry about like holding on to a rail or something yeah because you literally can't fall down because there's so many people yeah like even when the train like suddenly moves like the whole group is so compact that you're stuck in place yeah so yeah that was a fun experience though yeah we got that um and we get to experience every day now basically well with our work, we work in the afternoons, and that was at rush hour. In oh, the yeah, morning. true, true. Yeah, you're so right. we experienced it for the each day of our training. It was pretty busy. First day, super busy. Second day, not too bad. And then on the third day, it was really busy again. Um, yeah. So it seemed semi common that at that specific station, they'd just have such a mass amount of people leaving the train and going onto the platform that. It would always be delayed by that because yeah, for sure. And also, like our actual train itself hasn't really been delayed much. Mm. But um, on the train, it tells you um, how every other train is delayed, like if it is delayed. Mm. And it's crazy, like the, all the different reasons. Like there's like there was that massive typhoon that happened like months ago here, mm. and they obviously still haven't fixed some lines. So because that's still a reason for some delays. And then other delays, like we've seen an animal on the rails. Yeah, um, an animal got hit by accident, which is sad. Well, which where we assume it got hit. I mean, it just said anim- I mean, animal on the rail, it right? Didn't it didn't say it said <laughs> animal collision. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also there's like doors stuck on, I mean, not doors, bags stuck on yeah. the train doors. Like there's so many reasons. Congestion was the reason that ours was delayed, just because there was too many people. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's quite cool because you can see, for example, if you know you're going to be catching another line, you can keep an eye out to see if there's any delay going on there. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and like on Google Maps, there's so many um, different ways to get to like one destination in Tokyo, mm. which is really good. We probably took, like on the three days, we took three different ways to get to work. It was always the same, just like, um, same like end location though, and the same yeah. time. It would take around about the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the training itself, it was like nine hour mm. days, super long days. So neither Ellie or I have, like we haven't been English teachers before. Mm. Like we've taught before, but we never as English teachers. So this is something new. Yeah, we've both taught classes at university, but we haven't taught one-on-one yeah. as well. Before coming to Japan, I remember reading about teaching Japan, and, uh, te- te- Japan <laughs> teaching English in Japan. Um, and like for the amount of money you get paid, everyone said it was the easiest job like in the world because we get paid pretty well like we get paid like 22 dollars an hour or something like new zealand New-Zi- dollars New-Zi- so we New-Zi- get paid one thousand five hundred yeah. yen for a 40 minute class an hour yeah which jobs. is like you know that's pretty good money for for the type of work that we're doing for like especially if you were coming into this job straight out of a bachelor's degree yeah. it would be a pretty good pay rate like obviously we both have masters so it might be a bit lower than what we could be getting but for this job it's pretty good yeah for sure but i think just from the training so far, it doesn't seem that easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, we haven't even started working yet. Like, we haven't had one client yet. Um, We've both got that coming up this afternoon. We yeah, put in our schedules in a, and in a couple of hours. In a couple of hours, yeah. Yeah, so by the time you listen to this podcast, we would have already um, had a couple of classes. Yeah. We'll let you know on Twitter how well that goes. Yeah. I mean, just to clarify for anyone who hasn't maybe listened before, we're working at... Now, again, I might be pronouncing it wrong. It's like an Ikawa, Ikawa 
So uh, yeah, I can't this is one on one classes with adults, generally in the afternoons and weekends. Yeah, so we don't have to work with kids and stuff, it's just adults. And yeah, that kind of brings its own problems though. Like on the one hand, it's kind of easier having to talk with adults, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, they're going to have a lot more difficult questions to ask. Yeah, right? depending yeah. on like how good, like if they've got quite a high level of English already you know they're adults so they're confident enough to ask you the hard questions so hopefully like we are able to answer their hard questions i think we'll be fine yeah i think with our training it's going to be one of those things where it seems semi-difficult now but the longer we do it like the more experience we gather the easier it will get because you'll just get familiar with it yeah yeah for sure and also so in the training um, one of the ways that we did the training was we obviously did a lot of practices mm. and you do practices with other people um, that are training with you. Now, the problem with that, though, is that they know how to speak English yeah. and you have to pretend like you don't know. But it's so hard to do that, you know, especially when you're having a conversation with them two minutes earlier. Mm. So you kind of fall back into these habits of just talking like you would to any other English speaker. And also like on the opposite side, depending on who you got partnered with. So like they would you were partnered with someone for practice but then you were also tested based on like a role play you did with a partner and I personally found that kind of frustrating because like eg um one of my partners was like really nice and she was also a really good teacher like I could tell when I did my role plays with her with me as the student but as a student she just wasn't very good because I don't think she quite got that she was meant to be pretending to be someone who couldn't speak English yeah so I meant to be demonstrating that I can answer questions and I can correct mistakes, but she wasn't making any mistakes, so it was, like, pretty well, yeah. frustrating. I think it's hard for some people. Like, I guess it's kind of like you're acting right, so mm. for some people, I like, find that really hard. Oh, yeah, I, I totally got why she wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. But I still found it, like, a frustrating way to be tested that it's reliant on the other person kind of, like, giving you a chance to correct them. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, like, obviously, we still both did, like, quite well with the training. Yeah. Um... Um, still. Yeah, and in terms of like, the other people that were there, we're the only two people from New Zealand. Mm. There was like 10 people there probably yeah, um, who were all starting at the same time as us. There was a, like a couple from Canada, uh, a couple from like Iran, um, from like the Philippines. Mm. Australia. Australia, uh, America. Yeah, yeah I think it was like, There was actually there. people from quite a lot of places. Uh, surprisingly, none from Europe. Yeah. There was even, there, yeah, there was someone there from um, Ghana as well. So like, oh, yeah. yeah people from all over the world like yeah as long as you know how to speak english mm. like it doesn't matter if english was your first language at least at the company we were with some companies will only hire yeah, native right. english speakers um but ours as long as your um, english level is up to a native standard yeah um, which is quite cool which i feel like they know because when you to teach uh english in japan you have to have a bachelor's degree as from an English-speaking university. Yeah, exactly. So if you could do a bachelor's degree in English, you'd probably know Although, how to speak English. that's not the requirement to teach. That's the requirement to get a visa, to get the type oh, of visa right. we have, which, like, most people, obviously, are going to need that visa to yeah. teach. So kind of is a requirement to teach, but not officially. Yeah, true. Overall, the training went pretty good, though, except mm. for me. So for Ellie, it went really well for both of... Like, so you had, like, two assessments. Mm. And both of Ali's assessments, she, you did pretty well, right? Yeah, so the first assessment was with someone who was meant to be pretending to be a lower-level client. And even though I was getting kind of frustrated... By level, we mean, like, oh, level yeah, so of English-speaking. English yeah. 
So someone who could barely speak English. Yeah. And so I thought I did bad because my partner was not giving me anything. But I think, like, the markers also recognise that, the people marking you. They know that you can only do, like, work with what you're given. Yeah. So my first one went well. My second one was with someone who was meant to have a higher level of English. Um, And I didn't think it went as well, but it still went good. Like, it did still go very well. Yeah. Um, for me, my second one went, re- went really well. So that was with the higher English one. Mm. Um, I could talk more naturally, so it went pretty good. And I think just from the experience on, from the first one, mm. yeah, that made it a lot better. The first one, though, it was the worst thing ever. I <laughs> had basically... I, I, I could have had a brain aneurysm, I think. I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> because my brain was not working at all. To, to like, give you a little like, example of what I was thinking. So you have to do these role plays. And in the and in the role plays, it's say it's it's basically like a play, right? So it has like one person's lines and then the so other. So a role person's play lines. with the student. Like yeah, they yeah. have a script, and it's basically to teach them about the language they're learning about that day. Yeah, and, and it's in like a textbook, and, and they have the textbook. Mm. So in the role play, the two lines were you and friend. Now you is them, so that's their lines, and then I'm playing like the friend. <laughs> in my brain, I could not get my head around this because I was thinking. Okay, from their perspective, okay, if they're reading it, then you must be me. So I have to be you. So therefore, they must be the friend. So then I was like, wait a minute, if they're the friend and I'm me, then who's they? Like, who are they supposed to be? <laughs> so he basically just overthought it, freaked yeah. out, oh didn't understand the task out so he was meant to be teaching about. Yeah, like to the point where, like, the character's name in the textbook, it wasn't their name, like their fake Japanese name that they had. And I was thinking, wait a minute, why is their name not in the textbook? Now, obviously, because their name obviously wouldn't be in the textbook. obviously, in real life, they're not going to have a yeah, customized like, textbook per person. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But that's how much my brain wasn't working, where I just panicked completely. And also, like, it was such a low-level English speaker that that kind of confused me as well. Because the lines, for example, were... Like, the things we were teaching them were, like, how to describe flavors. So it was like, this cake is... Oh, the cake is sweet the coffee is bitter like that kind of stuff right super simple and i was reading that and i was thinking i don't understand this like (laughs) the cake is sweet yeah obviously like what's the point of this what am i trying to teaching them what sweet is yeah i was like the word sweet means i was like no way is that what i'm teaching them there must be something else so i was like desperately trying to think of something else to teach them and then once it ended like the very second it ended i thought oh wait a minute it, it is that simple. Like, I'm <laughs> overthinking it way too much. Like, maybe for someone whose English level was, um, like, quite a bit higher, that would have been, like, a reasonable question. Why are we teaching them about flavours when they can already, like, fluently speak? Yeah, yeah. But, no, we were teaching, practising, pretending to teach someone who couldn't speak much at all. Yeah, so, like, we already have our schedules for this week, and I can see that, um, like, one of the students that I'm teaching is, really like, a super... Well, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about the super low level. Oh, yeah. So now I know, like, you know, if if, if I have to teach them colours, like, that's literally all I'm teaching them. So and now I know that. <laughs> small stuff for both of us. We both, as you can hear, we speak quite fast, naturally. Oh, yeah, so fast. Um, we say like a lot. My mum listens to the podcast, and she messages me all the time to tell me <laughs> how much we say like. Thanks, yeah. mum. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that was a big problem with me. Um, like, there you go. I just said I'm just then. <laughs> was speaking way too fast. So when I'm nervous, I speak even faster. Yeah. I think my natural voice is fast enough, like as fast as it is. 
but I was speaking so fast and then to like a low level English speaker mm. like they would have no chance understanding me yeah we practiced um, the night before our second test I think it helped yeah, we literally sure. spent the whole evening like speaking ridiculously slow so it wasn't as slow as you'd actually speak yeah and like at home and then just out about to each other for the whole night and also for the morning the next day we're, we were speaking like this yeah, because we would say, how are you, Somia, today? Yeah, <laughs> this was actually a really good way to learn how to speak slowly. Yeah, so basically it like showed yeah. us... It, <laughs> we needed that. It just rem- it almost like showed us, well not showed us, but it sort of like helped us recognize the speed of our own speech. Like it meant when we went back to normal speaking... We were more conscious of the speed. Yeah, for sure. We are like, oh, shit, no wonder. Mm. You know, and, and the thing is, like, Ellie told me something good, which is, like, she said, you've spoken to heaps of people in Japan who can't speak English very well. And, like, you know, if, when we're traveling to other places as well, like, we're, like when we went to Indonesia, um, there's obviously people there that, that don't speak English. Mm. And I never speak fast to them. You know, I speak at a good pace so that they can understand mm. it. And then in that training, I was speaking super fast. And I think it really has to do with the fact that the our partners, you know, they were... Yeah, like you they, were they aware that Japanese. they could yeah. understand. Because uh, yesterday, we went to... Um, so, so that training that we did last week was at like a main kind of studio thing. And then yesterday, we went to our specific studios. Mm. So yesterday was actually the first time since we've been in Japan that Ellie and I have not been... Uh, traveling together so which scary is, yeah honestly <laughs> like i had to say bye to her at the train station then we went our own ways and we were both so nervous as well for our first days yeah yeah but um yesterday it was just like a short it was like a three hour mine actually went a bit longer four hour thing like getting shown around the actual like place that we're going to be working um mm. my person who was meant to be showing me around like basically my manager was actually not there that day she was doing training so i had someone else showing me around so like he didn't actually know where everything was he was from a different place he like came in to help like he was a manager of another place yeah um so mine was kind of like not pointless obviously but i'm gonna have to go early today yeah yesterday was a bit redundant for you like we still did so basically we did a um another fake lesson with one of the japanese staff members there Um, yeah and it was so much better because you mine was the opposite mine went terribly no but yeah but in terms of uh how fast you speak and stuff because you know that they can't speak English very well, so mm. you're going to that level. Nah, but again, like, almost the opposite happened because they told me before I did it, like, my person told me that the um, lady who was going to be my fake student, he was like, oh, she's actually got a blah, blah level of English, but she's going to pretend to have this low level. So yeah. again, I went into it being, like, uh, like, subconsciously knowing that she could understand me. Yeah, he shouldn't have said that. My guy just said you're just going to be talking to this person. And I, I have no idea whether she was acting or if that's her actual Japanese, uh, her actual English level or what whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for me, it went better. For Ali, not so much. Um, for me, um, my training went so well. Like, I was getting so many, like, you know, like, well, not so well, but I got, like, the equivalent in New Zealand of, like, A's and A-pluses the whole way through, which was nice. Well, even for this, you got you got that. Whereas I basically barely passed. But in Japan, so in New Zealand, it passes a 50%. In Japan, it's 70%. Well, no, that's just for this thing. Yeah, for this thing. But still, regardless. So my training went really well. And then in this afterwards, they had so much to say to me about it. He was like the the person, my manager person who was talking me through, I think just like the type of person 
that he is, which I got the impression anyways, was that he is maybe like a bit of a harsher teacher, mm. which some people would value, whereas my personal learning style and the way I also teach is a little bit fluffier, you know, like I'm a bit nicer. I like to give lots of compliments. I believe, and this is based on like how it actually, education actually works. I believe that like reward works way better than punishment like in terms of like if you give a nice word versus a bad word it's going to be like complimenting the stuff that went well is more valuable for your learning than you know really digging into the stuff that went badly yeah i think so too although um so for some of the uh, english learners um, they told us that they actually like you being super strict. They don't yeah. want any of that, like, Which is where I'm going to go wrong, because I'm yeah. too nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the training week went really well. And also, so the building that we were training in was, like, super tall. Like, we were mm. on the 22nd floor. 23rd. Uh, 23rd, yeah. And sometimes, like, I completely forgot that until I looked out the window. And I was mm. like, oh, holy shit. And, yeah, on Friday, on the last day, we actually got a nice view of Mount Fuji. So that yeah. was our first view of Mount Fuji. Uh, it's like nicely snow peaked and yeah, it was massive. Like, yeah, I mean, I can't it believe we're going to be clouds pretty quick. Yeah, true. We only got to see it for like an hour, but I can't believe we're going to be climbing that <laughs> in some time. <laughs> if we get fit enough. But, I mean, yes. Ellie no. doesn't want to climb it, but no, I, I really want to climb it. I want to climb it, but realistically, um, I don't know about my fitness levels. I don't know. From what I've heard, in the same way that teaching English in Japan is like the easiest job in the world. What I've heard is that climbing Mount Fuji is the easiest climb in the world. Because apparently it's so flat that, like, you barely notice how tall it is. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll like have to it, get some training in. It's 200 meters taller than the tallest mountain in New Zealand, Mount Cook. But it's, like, you know, 50 times easier to climb. Like, everybody can climb that, whereas to count, climb Mount Cook, you have to be, like, an experienced mountaineer or whatever. Mm. Um, oh, that's right. The other thing that we did, actually, is we went to Yoyogi Park, where they do a lot of uh, festivals and concerts. Mm. And is it basically like, like Tokyo Central Park or Hagley Park? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty much exactly like Central Park. And, and Tokyo actually has a couple of parks like that. Mm. Um, but I think the other ones, like, for example, there's one in Shinjuku, the Shinjuku Gardens or something, mm. which is also, I think, very similar to Central Park. But the difference, I think, is... It's more of like a nice garden, like a place to hang out kind of thing. Mm. Whereas your yogi park is just a big ass field where, you know, Lots they can. Of trees. Yeah, where they can hold events and things like that. <laughs> but yeah, like it's a place where big events are held. It's like quite a well known park, which is why we wanted to go there. We wanted yeah. to experience that. We wanted to tick it off the list. Yeah, and this time we were going specifically for the Earth Garden Festival, which happens on the weekend. Um, but that didn't end up happening. So Well, like, what happened is we were getting on the Saturday, but after a week of training, it was just super, like, mentally draining. So we spent the day on Saturday just, like, chilling out, relaxing. So we played PlayStation, I read a book. And then on Sunday, we left kind of, like, after lunchtime, like, mm. at, like, 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit late, but also the other issue is that we went to the wrong station. Oh, so, yeah. like, you would think that Yoyogi Park is next to Yoyogi Station. It is not. All right, do not... Fall for this. <laughs> Yoyogi Park is next to Harajuku Station. Yeah. So we went to Yoyogi Station. We walked the wrong direction for a while because um, <laughs> we've, like, for the last week we haven't had any internet. So that's the other mm. thing is the last Both week. Both of is, us ran out on internet on our phones and at home. Yeah, it's been a tough week for that. But <laughs> yeah, so. To talk so to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were walking the wrong way for ages and then we finally, uh, we managed to go to a Starbucks, get internet. We found the right way to go 
And then, yeah, it turns out it was ages away. But yeah, but the actual... Ages. Um, we just had to walk through. So that temple we mentioned the other week, we walked through Meiji Jingu Temple. Mm. And then on the other side of that is Yoyogi Park. Yeah. It's funny because we had pretty much given up. Like, we went to Harajuku and we were like, okay, screw this. We're never going to find this park. Yeah. <laughs> let's, um, let's walk a, like, a random direction that we haven't walked before. And, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll explore the city a bit more. Mm. We walked for, like, two minutes in, like, a random direction. And then we were like, wait a minute. That's a big-ass <laughs> park. What the hell is that? Turns yeah. out it was that park. Um, it but was yeah, pretty cool. There was, like, yeah. a dance-off thing going on at the entrance between these yeah. people. They were, like, dressed in, like, leather. And they had, like, those big, like, pompadour, like, hair out They looked like they should be in Greece, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were dancing to, like, intensely Western music. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Mm. And the actual park itself, like, it's winter right now, so everything is dead in that park. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, though. It looks very, like, almost, like, gothic. You know, when the yeah. trees are all bare and... Yeah. Mm, there's lots of crows, which adds to that sort of, like, aesthetic. Yeah, true. We found a big area in the middle where we think the festival might have been because there was lots of kids... There was, like, people blowing bubbles, like, people flying <laughs> yeah. kites. It seemed so fun, but, like, that was, like, the aftermath of the fun, so... Yeah. Like, the park will look really cool. We should go again in spring, in, mm. like, a couple of months. Oh, like, in one month. Yeah. To see, like, the cherry blossoms there. I reckon they'll look really nice. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it was still good. It's still, like, it's nice to kind of, like, tick all these things off the list. Like, go to all the places that you want to go, because... I think the issue we're going to face now that our sort of touristy chilling time is over and we're actually working in Japan is having the energy to continue to be tourists. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, which we failed at. We lived in Auckland, the um, in New Zealand, for two years. And we were pretty, like, we didn't do much touristy stuff. We were always tired after work and would go home. So this time we're determined to make sure we have the energy to go out and do stuff yeah. while we're in a new city. And our work schedule is, like, we start work uh, in the late afternoon, so, like, at 3 p.m. at the so earliest mine, kind I of start thing. at 6 p.m. Yeah, and then we finish at night. So um, we need to get in the habit of doing stuff in the morning, mm. you know. Not that we have today, but <laughs> today we were preparing for our first class. We haven't, yeah, because we're a little bit scared about the first class. We'll see how, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We're going to go, like, an hour and a half early, which you totally don't need to do, but we're going to do it just so we can prepare properly. Well, I think the main thing for me preparing with is we're still not familiar with the textbook they use, obviously, because we haven't used it before. Yeah. So I want to go super early and make sure I really solidly understand what I'm actually teaching them. Because, you know, you want to give your students the best. You don't want to go into yeah, it and be yeah. like you in your first practice and not actually know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen for me now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was an intensive um, first week of not even working, of just training. It was different from the rest of what we've experienced. It was cool to be like, oh, this is the next stage of our lives. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, the previous ones were funner, but they were just like having fun. This is like getting into our lives. Mm. And also because the training was with, like we said, it was with eight other people. And I think everyone was there was like just as desperate as us to like make friends and like yeah true. We were, it was the first time in like a couple of weeks that we've each spoken to like people other than each other yeah, outside of like customer service situations. So like we made friends like we all added each other online, um, some on Facebook. Some of them we're probably not going to message again. <laughs> yeah, but like L- line is a thing to get in Japan by the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sure. You have to get line when you're here. Yeah, so it's like an app, like yeah. WhatsApp. Yeah. Um. So not as fun as the other ones we've done, this one. It's a bit more serious, this podcast. 
but hopefully a little bit informative about you know what it's actually like to be working in Japan as opposed to just traveling. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to week four of the TN Tokyo podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you、um, get your podcasts.、Mm-hmm. Remember, we're available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all the rest. Oh, and also feel free to follow us on our social media, Twitter and Facebook. Our handle is T spelt T E A in Tokyo. And then on Instagram, it's t underscore in underscore Tokyo. So you can follow along with our adventures、um, in between the podcasts. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.